You slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those C's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home, in your warm, comfortable bed, than in our pews. You can always catch up with a sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You'll still miss out on things we think are pretty cool and amazing, like intergenerational community and support and encouragement that that brings, fun music, and children stumping us with their questions. And you won't get any coffee or cookies at coffee hour, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada, biggest little city in the world. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, working, or coaching your kids' volleyball team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, get comfortable and get ready to receive this with an open mind and an open heart. Quick note, we really do want you to have an open mind and an open heart. We're not that concerned about having you agree with us. In fact, we enjoy the conversation so much between one another that we want you to be having that conversation with yourself, with others, with us. So as you listen to this podcast, what we're hoping you get is the experience of the mysterious loving force in the world that we know as God moving in your life. Uh, We continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount. Second to last week. Second to last week. Which means we had to... To jam through a bunch more verses than we've been doing. We've been doing one or two verses. This is about eight verses this morning, generally about false preachers and fake passwords. So we'll get into that in a minute. But the first question I have for you, Susan, is Mm -hmm. do you remember the first storybook character who captured your imagination? So when I was growing up, my mother liked to read us stories. Okay. And when I I remember, I must have been... Five or six, my mother began to read Pollyanna to me. And it wasn't just the original Pollyanna story that you've seen portrayed in Disney movies. Um, In fact, that's not really the story. But I digress. (laughs) But anyway. But anyway. (laughs) uh, But she read me the entire series. Oh, okay. So Pollyanna is a little girl, and then she's a tween, and then she's a teenager, and then she gets married, and then she has her own children. And anyway. And so it's, it's like American Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, it really was. Perhaps they were in response to that. I don't know. I've never researched it. But that's the story I remember how, and Pollyanna and her and her story. So really why captured. did you why did you like Pollyanna? She was a girl. She was a girl. And she was a girl who like had spunk and thought. She wasn't just a little dolly. She mm-hmm. was like a little kid that like got into scrapes and got herself in situations and got herself out of situations. And I think also there's some part of that of her story really was that she spent a lot of time around grownups mm-hmm. and I'm the baby of babies. Yes. So I spent a lot of time around grownups. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe I identified with that. I don't know. So Pollyanna was sort of the gateway drug into like into all reading. the- Into reading. Into reading. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. For me, the gateway drug was Black Beauty, but my favorite character, mm-hmm. the one who grabbed my attention and didn't let go and still really hasn't, and which is true for people for centuries at this point, is Sherlock Holmes. No. He turns 130 this year. Wow. I know. And I've been listening to him again because uh, Stephen Fry recorded the complete works of Sherlock Holmes, which includes stories that I didn't even read when I was a kid that I didn't know existed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, uh, including his last bow, which is the big final episode of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Stephen Fry reads them. It only takes him 64 hours to read all of the (laughs) complete works. It doesn't sound like any time at all. 
of Sherlock Holmes. So I've been listening to that in the car and reliving uh, Sherlock Holmes. And of course, the BBC's redone mm-hmm. Sherlock recently in modern times. Yep. There's been several reboots. And there's been a bunch of adaptations, which if you're not paying very close attention, you might have missed. Like House is a mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Because mm-hmm, he's um, sort of missing throat. Yeah. There's Elementary mm-hmm. is a Sherlock Holmes uh, adaptation. Really, all the forensic anthropology shows yeah. are, are uh, Sherlock Holmes. I mean, like Bones even. Right? Bones is a Sherlock Holmes interpretation. Right, with, only it's Bones with, is a girl. And, Booth, and Watson and, is and Booth. Booth. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I, I just love... Sherlock Holmes. He always felt so smart. And I realize now it's because Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Watson so stupid. Right. And the whole British, you know, Secret Service so dumb. But uh, but he just, he could pick up any little details about anything and tell you the whole story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I loved that. And I thought, if Sherlock Holmes can do that, maybe I can do that too. And so when I was a little kid, I would play around with, you know, that person has mud on the hem of their pants. So that means that they've been here and there <laughs> and done totally, this and that. I totally and see you doing that. Trying to figure everything out. And, and I loved that it sparked my curiosity mm-hmm. about things and mm-hmm. it sparked my observational skills in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. But it also, there's the sinkhole of Sherlock Holmes is thinking that you can figure everything out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can't always figure everything out or explain everything. No. No. Um, and I think maybe And we have was... to remember that Sherlock is actually a... Fictional, fictional character. character. Um, and there are a couple of cases that I'm just reading now mm-hmm. or listening to that he doesn't solve. Right. And so even Arthur Conan Doyle wrote wrote an imperfect hero. Aside from the cocaine use and all that stuff, uh, he wrote an imperfect hero. It was one of those things that when I was a kid, it was comforting to think there was an answer for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, one of those beautiful letdowns is there is not an answer for everything. I know. <laughs> I wish there was, but there's not. So Sherlock Holmes was the first consulting detective, and he could take this trace evidence mm-hmm. and figure things out. And we see trace evidence all the time. When you see a car accident, and you right. see the police measuring off how long the skid marks are, right? that's trace evidence. And the reason evidence is so important is because memory is faulty. Yep. Uh, even people who practice using their memory, like their your memories get warped over time. Right. And that's because of my fascinating fact that we're only remembering our last memory. We only remember our last memory. Interesting. Like remembering the last time we remembered. Good, which is perhaps why pain recedes over time. Exactly. Which is good. So this trace evidence is everywhere. So if it's a skid mark on the ground, or there's actually evidence even inside of fields that you wouldn't think there would be evidence inside Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. So I started listening to the podcast Mm S-Town, like apparently everybody else in America. And I'm not very far into it, so no spoilers. I'm still in the first episode. But the first three or four minutes of the first episode, the reporter goes off on what seems like a tangent for a murder mystery podcast. And he talks about repairing antique clocks. And inside of antique clocks, there is trace evidence. So you might find a screw hole that doesn't have a screw in it. Mm -hmm. Or a discoloration where something sat in the sun and there was something blocking the sun for part of it and not blocking the sun for another part of it. And is that part of the clock or was that part of the room? impact depressions that might tell you like where it was dropped or moved or how it was situated. And you have to try and interpret all of these things as you're repairing an antique clock. Was this a repair that came before? Is this a piece that's missing? Is it something that needs to be replaced? Is it something that doesn't need to be replaced? But you're trying to interpret all of these little signs to make something work. Yeah. And it's difficult. Mm -hmm. 
So, Susan, I know you like Antiques Roadshow. When you're um, watching Antiques Roadshow and there's, like, a piece of furniture and they're like, oh, these knobs are not original or, like, this patina. Like, they they always take out the drawer and they look at the aging. Uh Uh-huh. You know, so this really is as old as we think it is. or, Or they look at the secondary woods, right? Like, there's all these signs and clues. Clues about what a piece has been through and what a piece is and how it's how it's been made and i think there's there's that in a lot of things yeah so we have that not just in clocks but in furniture and in stoneware and all the things that you put value on people are sherlock holmesing all over the place they are they are as opposed to pete holmesing which we've discussed in a previous episode (laughs) yes sherlock holmesing all over the place so these these witness marks are everywhere and what i told my congregation on sunday is that all scripture is a witness mark yep it's a bunch of witness marks, actually. It's a bunch of people saying, this is what I experienced. Here's what I'll leave behind. But we might not necessarily understand all of it now. Right. Not all of it might work for us now. And and um, that some of it had a heavier meaning because of cultural context. Right. And, and some things have heavier meaning now because of cultural context. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, totally. Some of it's been edited or repaired over time. Mm-hmm. Some of it hasn't been. Some of it is inconsistent because of that right um that there have been a lot of hands on this antique clock yep over a call, long period of that time that we call scripture that we call scripture over a long period of time that have made repairs and additions and subtractions and all this stuff and so what we're getting is one group of people's best guess at what it means mm-hmm. to be a person of faith right to love god to to love jesus to follow jesus all of that like it's a best guess it's people's witness marks and therefore every time we read scripture we are interpreting Mm-hmm. Whether we think we are or not, we are always interpreting. The scripture today is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's that we'll just hold on to your bootstraps because you might have to pull yourself back up afterwards. Here it is. <laughs> Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off in some way or another. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. Doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me. And saying, Master, we preach the message, we bash the demons, our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. This was Jesus' second to the last part of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, it comes after not looking for shortcuts to God, right? And the hard path and the wide road and all of that. This is the context is it's difficult to do this. So don't look for shortcuts. Right. And what I think Jesus is saying is, you know, there is no expert that can tell you how to do this. There is no password that will get you through the door. It's all about... This isn't a video game? It's not a video game. There's no shortcut. There's only how we live. Mm. And that that's a lifelong project and not just something that we can sort of get by with. I remember hearing a friend tell another friend in college who was wondering about Christianity, the right answer, the final judgment. The right answer is you just say the the blood of Jesus covers it. Mm. If you did something wrong and it comes up at the final judgment, you just say the blood of Jesus covers it. And I remember (laughs) thinking like, what a cop out. Yeah. (laughs) 
Sure, you can continue to be abusive to yourself and other people because at the end, you can just say, here's the password. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it works. It's not how it works. Jesus says, you're only going to see the kingdom of God if you're paying attention and looking for the kingdom of God and interpreting all of these witness marks all around you all the time. Because, yeah, we have preachers that we that we use to teach us because mm -hmm. they're, they've studied, they've ed they're educated in these areas. Right. But we all have eyes and we all have mm -hmm. minds and we all have hearts. And God is doing something with each of us. God is doing something with each of us. And we're not all going to see the exact same things. So we got to share. Mm-hmm. So the children's moment was I put fingerprints on everything in the front of the church. Fingerprints, not like with ink, but like paper cutouts of fingerprints, <laughs> tape them I'm, on. I'm glad you didn't have to. I didn't want to, you know, make the worship team angry who just polished the brass cross. Exactly. Um, just tape things on, tape fingerprints on everything and, and then had the kids go around and find all the fingerprints and to, to talk about like why each one of these places is someplace God shows up. So mm -hmm. In the communion elements where we remember God's love is bigger than our brokenness. Yeah. In the baptismal font where we remember that all children are loved and called. On the, the offering plates even, mm -hmm. where we see our generosity going to do the things that God cares about. On the Bible, on the right. cross, like all of these places where we can find trace evidence of what it means to be in love with God. And that all of us have to interpret those things in order to make our clocks, our lives with God work. And that we're gonna have that we're gonna have some marks. We're gonna have some bumps. Right. There's no shortcuts. It, you know, you've talked about it so wonderfully on this podcast before. Being drawn into mystery, right, is not about having the right answers all the time. You know, I think it's important that we're all doing this work together. So then, I gave them my lenses, right? Because even Sherlock Holmes uses a lens, right, magnifying glass to try and see what's important and what's not. Like Sherlock has like the, those lenses we know, right? Mm -hmm. Like he knows about dirt and he knows about ash. Yeah, and he, like there's those things that he's focused on. Well, and in in the books, even he spends an inordinate amount of time crawling around on his hands and knees with mm -hmm. his nose on the ground, looking right for evidence, right before he begins to create theories. So we all have to do that way. We all have to listen and discern and do all of that work. The lenses that I use as I'm looking at scripture, particularly, mm -hmm. are the following: one, how important is this to the people who put this thing together? In other words, quantity, mm -hmm. volume. How many times did he get mentioned? Right. So there are certain things that people like to throw in uh, Christians and Jews' faces right. um, from time to time. Stuff from the Old Testament about like, well, what about this? Where it says I'm not allowed to wear polyester. First of all, let's have a conversation about whether or not polyester is your favorite fabric. <laughs> really. We, 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 let's step back. Right? Let's step back a second and just have some perspective here. But second of all, that maybe gets mentioned a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Whereas how you care for the immigrant among you how you care for the poor, mm -hmm. how you care for the people who can't care for themselves, how you care for the sick. Yep. Um, those things are mentioned hundreds of times. What you are to do with your money. Yeah. Money is one of Jesus' favorite things to talk about. Money is one of his top three subjects. Yeah. Jesus does not over-spiritualize our lives. Right. He gets down to the basics. So how often is it mentioned? Uh, the second sort of lens I use is, does this fit into the overall message? Mm -hmm. of the life of Jesus. Right. So I often tell people, if you're looking for where God shows up in a story, where's Jesus? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is not inside the temple. He's outside with the lepers in the pool. Um, he doesn't shun people because they're sinners, which includes people in power. If you look at the life of Jesus, you can use that to interpret whether or not something that has come before is important or not. Um, at least as a Christian, that's sort of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, another way is one of the Jesus's teachings is sort of an easy thing to use is the Deuteronomy 6.5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your might. 
um, and your neighbor as yourself. So those three things, loving God, neighbor, and self. That's a good lens. Mm -hmm. Because when you're looking at if somebody plants two different crops next to each other in a field, does that have anything to teach us about what it means to love God? Nope. Does it have anything to teach us about what it means to love neighbor? Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, so maybe let, maybe we let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that doesn't, you know, like, maybe that's that not that, the, the driving force of our, of our life. Right. It's not as contextually or culturally appropriate now as it might have been at one point. Right. So we can let that one go. So that loving God, loving neighbor, loving self thing. In the Methodist church, we, we have our three part. Yep. Our rules for our living. rules for living. The first uh, of the Methodist rules for living is... Do no harm. Do no harm. The second is... Do all the good you can. Do all the good you can, all the people you can, all the places you can, can. as long as ever you can. Mm-hmm. And the third is... Stay in love with God. Yeah. The the Wesleyan language is attend upon the ordinances mm-hmm. of the Lord. But what it means is stay in love with God. Practice those things that remind you of God's love for you. So, which is communion, baptism, all those things. Right. So, do no harm, do good. So, if we look at scripture through that lens... Is it proper to stone somebody who plants two crops next to each other in a field? Mm, no. That might be doing harm. <laughs> Let's back away from that quickly. Very quickly. Um, yeah, so so do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. That That's a really good lens to look through scripture. And people have their own lenses. You know, everybody's got their own, their own damage that it impacts how they see what they see. Uh, it's why we need to do all this work together. Yeah. Because it's real easy for us to, you know, get lost on our own trail and not realize that that might not be the only interpretation of something. I'm not foolish enough to think that my interpretation is the only interpretation or even the best interpretation. Even on the podcast, every time we say, think about it. Hey, you might read this differently than us. And that's cool. As long as you don't hurt anybody. <laughs> well, um, don't, you know, let's have a conversation. Let's about have it. a conversation about it. Yeah. Because, because we all, we need each other. Mm-hmm. Pastors are the people who are paid to help the church move along. Right. But we are not the only witnesses of God's love in the world. We are all witnessing it all the time. There are witness marks all around us, and we are all interpreting those witness marks. And so our job is to pay attention and not look for the shortcut and not look for the expert and not look for the church that has the shiniest billboards, but to look for the the place where Mm -hmm. you feel inspired and challenged, uh, where you're in community that is supportive and not judgmental. Uh, to be in community that seeks after what the will of God is in the world and then tries to do that. They're still going to mess up. They're still going to disappoint you. Yeah. But our job is not to get it perfect. Our job is to keep trying to get it right. Yep. Totally. And not to settle for what is easy or for an expert or for a password. <laughs> so that's really yeah. it. This is a radical message, right? Yeah. It's a, it was a radical message for Jesus this time. And it continues to be a radical message for us. Because we really do live in a in a time and a culture that says, "Here's the answer." Right. We all right? we all want Sherlock Holmes to tell us tell exactly. us the right answer. Tell right. us how it actually happened. And we do it in ways like from my sermon, we alluded to the tidying up book, which says, "Here are all the rules about how you are to do this." But there are clearly exceptions to that. And when you try and go live a life like that, you, you run into too many awkward corners. Yeah. Um, and awkward angles. And Jesus says, no, we're going to move around these gracefully, but there isn't one answer for most things. There's the permeations and the and the places oh, where so you end up with. It, yeah. So it's helpful for us to know, like, there's no one person with the right answer. And it's also helpful for us to know. And also, P.S., you don't have the right answer. The right answer. So just right. hold everything lightly. Right. You know, don't clamp down on it because that could or could not be true. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there are things that I think are essentially true, like I said, things that I think are absolutely not true, and things that I don't know about. Yep. And I'm real uh, intentional about where I put the things in those buckets, because living a life of love, even if that's all it is, living a life of sacrificial love in the mm-hmm. world is hard enough without complicating it with all these other things. Oh my god. All these other things can enlighten it, mm-hmm. can throw some, some specifics around it, so I have some guidelines for it, but th- that's hard enough without saying, by the way... Never touch the skin of a dead animal. Sorry, NFL, you're out. Right. Right? Like, that. there's right. There's things that are just not as important anymore. Uh, and maybe they were important at some point, and we could probably look into the history of that and figure it out. But there's all these witness marks. There's all this trace evidence in the world about, like, the lives of people you know who are super loving and wise. There's scripture. There's the songs that we sing. There's the rituals that we celebrate, you know, yeah. every so often to remember that we're loved and called and forgiven and let's move on and try again and dedicate our lives to this crazy idea because the only way it's going to work is if we're all working together. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that might relate to what we've been discussing, uh, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Uh, or find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleeping, our website, SundayMorningSleeping.com. And we're available, this podcast is available on a whole bunch of different formats. And hope, hopefully you found it that way or you're going to subscribe and uh, let other people know how we're doing and what we're doing. And yeah. Share us on social media. Share. Even if what you say is, can you believe what these idiots are saying? You know, we'll take it. We'll take it. The scripture for this podcast is Matthew 7, 15 to 23. You heard it from the message version. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by So it's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make everyone just a little bit holier. Gotta get that Sunday morning glow on. But here's the deal. There are no magic words that I can give you. You have been blessed. The God of all creation who leaves trace evidence everywhere, who invented gravity and blackberries and children's laughter, thought the world needed one of you too, and gave you a brain and gave you a heart and invites you to live fully. So we encourage you to not look for the easy answer, to pay attention to the trace evidence. And whatever you believe about how God moves in the world, how will you choose to live into your own skin this week? How will you leave your own witness marks in the world? How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. Mm -hmm.